Hey everybody, welcome back to Yo MTG Taps. I'm Big Head Joe. I'm Stephen Marshall. And we're going to have an awesome show for you today, mostly talking about Born of the Gods spoilers. Bang, bang! So, uh, first of all, uh, I wanted to say uh, thank you to everyone who entered our Twitter contest uh, last week, um, where we asked you to ask us a question on Twitter using the hashtag Brimaz, King of Arescos. And we wanted to have the winner of that contest come on right now to ask us their question. So, go on ahead, caller. You're live on the air. Okay, listen, nobody entered the damn contest. And, you know, that's okay. We put the, we put it in there about an hour uh, into the episode, so I can understand if people didn't do it. But, I don't know, we've been out of the game for a while. I haven't done this podcast in a year plus. Uh, we used to interact with people on Twitter all the time, uh, asking questions, getting feedback, and talking about that feedback on the podcast. So, lately, since we got back into the podcast, the response on Twitter hasn't really quite been what I was hoping for. Um, so, I don't know what we got to do with this. What do you think? I mean, as someone that kind of works in uh, finance, I, I know that people people respond to incentives. I feel like I feel like we'd have to give away like a hundred dollar card or something to get people to ask us a question on Twitter. You know, bribe them. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to. Uh, we're going to give away a Jace the Mind Sculptor thanks to Common Ground Games in Dallas. Uh, Common Ground Games is the store that me and Steven both play at. Uh, it's uh, the only store within the city limits of Dallas. Uh, totally awesome. Um, actually, the reason why uh, this podcast is back is because they needed a TO and... Um, I got in touch with Jameson, the owner, and got in there as the TO, which I hadn't even played the game for about a year at that point. And back in like, was that like April or May, I think? Um, yeah. Yeah. So like I hadn't even played for about a year at that point and uh, got in there and got to TOing, which I'm not doing anymore for them. Uh, but, but, you know, Jameson is giving us uh, something to give away for our contest. So It'll be really cool to get people involved and to get a little more interaction going. You know, besides we're 100% independent right now, uh, we have no sponsorships. We're not going through MTG Cast. Uh, the only way you can find us is on IWantMyMTG.com uh, or on iTunes. Uh, so uh, I want to get some eyes back onto the website. I want to get some listeners back onto the show. And we figure the best way to do that is to drum up a little interest and give away a, a big old splashy card and it's something that would make joey proud uh jason mind sculptor is the best representation of our uh our legacy co-host <laughs> is semi-retired so a jason mind sculptor so yeah we're gonna give one away well there are two ways to win something from us we're gonna give away a jace and we're gonna give away a uh thought uh from theros not the uh good art so the way you can be entered into a random drawing for a thought seize is to retweet the announcement for this episode. So when we post this episode on Twitter at yo MTG taps and you retweet it, you're entered into a random drawing for a Theros thought seize. Um, if you do that and then ask us a question on Twitter using the hashtag Brimaz King of Arescos, we will pick a question and we will have you on the show to 
ask the question, and then we will send you a Jace the Mind Sculptor. Pretty sweet deal. All you got to do is do some crap on social media, which I'm sure most of you are doing uh, compulsively at this point anyway. So, yeah. So we really want to get people involved, and we figure the best way to do that is to uh, throw free stuff at you. Does that sound about right? Yeah, sounds good. All right. Well, then that's what we're going to do. So do it. And thanks to Jameson uh, for the giveaway. Uh, if you want to check out Common Grounds Games website, it's boardgamesdallas.com. Um, and if you want to come play against me or Steven, uh, we're going to be playing this Saturday in uh, the Born of the Gods pre-release at Common Ground Games. Real quick, also, I wanted to just uh, touch on this. There is a company called Turan Games. They're based out of California. There is a Kickstarter campaign that just recently uh, popped up about a week ago for the makers of the Life Spinner Life Counters. Um, Chester Hendricks was on episode 26 of Yo! MTG Taps talking about his uh, his life spinners and uh, this is just his passion he loves making these things they're really cool they're pewter and uh super customizable and just uh they're really neat um you can paint them you can you can glue a figure to the to the center part uh just it's just they're just a really cool uh product and he has a kickstarter trying to um i forget what the deal is he's like needs to buy his uh his molds or whatever for the things more pewter uh, or something. Yeah. So he's got a Kickstarter campaign where they're trying to uh, raise 10 grand uh, to get this thing going. Uh, he's about a 10th of the way there, but there's three weeks to go. Uh, there'll be a link in the show notes. Uh, stop over, kick this guy a few bucks. Uh, if you like uh, awesome life counters and want to get one for yourself, uh, especially if you like, painting miniatures and things like that like they're a really cool thing to paint and then add a miniature to um they're just awesome so i just wanted to give him a shout out um and uh and let y'all know that that's going on uh, and get on get on board with that uh while it's still going on bang bang all right <laughs> <laughs> so uh editing that last comment out uh come the spoilers. So we obviously, we got the whole set spoiled um, earlier than I seem to remember it being spoiled last time. Is that right? I think so. I think it had something to do with someone accidentally posting the the rules FAQ early. Yeah, that happened. Uh, the rules FAQ popped up on the, uh, on the mothership briefly, and then it got pulled down, but not before some astute person... Uh, grabbed it and uh, and shared it. So uh, we've got the full spoiler. We've well, at this point we've had this full spoiler for almost a week. Um, we've had a chance to digest some of these cards and take a look at the set. And we're just gonna kind of run down color by color and uh, talk about some of our favorite cards. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I'm not necessarily interested in talking about a top five. You can definitely run them down if you want. Mm -hmm. Um. I, I and I and I can chime in. I had a lot of trouble looking at it in like a strictly top five of each format. Yeah, that was really hard. <laughs> yeah, like, um, like constructed. I mean, I I could I came up with some, but like um, and then commons versus uncommons. I don't know. Yeah, the was, thing was, about constructed is that most of the good constructed cards we already talked about on the last episode, and I felt like it would just be redundant. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. A lot of them are still are just ones we talked about. 
Um, like so, Grimaz, Paint Seer. I mean, like they're all really good. Um, I don't think Paint Seer is very good. <laughs> really? No, I think it's great, dude. I think it's really good. Uh, I think it's bad. <laughs> I think it's good. It's a trap. I think it's a trap. Well, no, no, no. I mean, like I think it's good in like I mean, Black is a top deck, if not the top deck, and um, mm-hmm. you know, uh. As a sideboard plan against control, it's awesome. Like it's really, oh yeah, that, in that one instance, it's a good sideboard like card. In, so in the best deck in the format, it's good against the other best deck in the format. Yeah, that makes it a pretty significant addition to standard, right? Yeah, I mean it's a ten dollar rare, so people seem like they're thinking it's the next dark confident, which it's not. Right. It's not the next Dark Confidant, not by any means, but it does slot in perfectly into the sideboard of the best deck. Uh, so I'm just going to start by saying that white is stupid strong in this set, especially, I mean, especially for limited here. White feels like, I guess it's not even close, right? No, I mean, I think they have, I mean, I, I thought that was already very strong in Theros, but uh, when I was actually going through and looking at like, especially for limited, uh, which I think this is what we're talking about. Mm. The the creatures it has I think it has the best creatures um, at common, uncommon, obviously at mythic. I think. Um, huh. Yeah, it's just I think it's 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 by it's got by far the best cards at least from this set for for limited. It's insane. It's 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 actually unfairly insane. I'm you know like like I feel like red gained a lot. Like red was kind of a like if I was playing red in Theros Limited, it's because my sealed pool was seriously weak, um, or I got cut out of another color and I had to force myself into red. I try, I tended to avoid red like it was the plague. They've added a lot. Now that's the thing is I feel like white didn't need a lot of help. White was a good color. White was probably my favorite color to play in Theros Sealed and Theros Limited. Um, other than green black wound up becoming a favorite towards the end too. Yeah, I think green black or green blue is my favorite for sealed, and then uh, white blue or white red uh, aggressive was my favorite for draft in terms of Theros uh, limited archetypes. Yeah, for sure. Um, in the PTQ, I played green black in the sealed, and I played green black in the draft. Um, but that's what happens when you open a Pelucranos in your draft. You kind of go green, and then you see a Reaper of the Wilds, and you go, well, I guess I'm green-black. Okay. Um, I had the Reaper in the sealed pool as well, so it kind of it kind of forced me along those lines a little bit. But yeah, I mean, like, white was such a strong color, and the only reason why I wouldn't play white is if my white was weak in the pool. You know, like, if I just didn't have a strong... Don't convince yourself. This is just a general rule for, for limited period. Like, don't convince yourself you're going to play a certain color, especially sealed, um, until you see your pool. You know, evaluate your deck based on your pool. Don't just go, I like to play blue-white, you know, and your best, like, white flyer is, like, Coastline Chimera or something. Like, like if you don't have it, don't force it because it's not going to happen. So, anyway, my, my ideal would be some combination of blue and white in Theros Limited. Um, white was clearly the strongest color in the last set and this set has just taken white and put it like beyond the edge into a whole other plane of existence um just just i mean is that nix yes i guess it is isn't it wingsteed rider was already pretty clearly the best common 
in Theros. A, a flyer that added counters when you targeted it with something, and most of the time, if you were targeting it, that was going to pump it further. You know, you put a 2-2 enchantment on, all of a sudden you got a 5-5 flyer on turn 4. That was already great. This set just added a Crowan Skyguard. A Crowan Skyguard is a 1-1 flyer for 1 and a white, and it has Heroic. Whenever you cast a spell that targets a Crowan Skyguard, put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on a Crowan Skyguard. What? <laughs> that is it's, dumb. It's just a cheaper uh, Wingsteed Rider. Just a cheaper Wingsteed Rider? Yeah, it is just a cheaper Wingsteed Rider. But Wingsteed Rider is a card still, too. So you get both? Like, that's insane. That's so good. My my mind's blown that this card exists. Like, when I saw it, I was like, nuh-uh. That's, it's got, it does have flying. It doesn't have, hero, it has heroic. Are you kidding? Like, and if I open one of these and I open a Wingsteed Rider in my pool, like, that's insane. That's just game over. Like, that's so good. And then you've got the Archetype of Courage, which is an uncommon, so it's a little less frequent, but. Ar I think that's probably the best uncommon creature I might be in the set, just because in Theros, all the removal is just horrible and the removal in born of the gods is also garbage so the way you win combat or control the board is through tricks and basically when you give every single one of your creatures first strike it makes those it makes those tricks just complete blowouts um and you're and the thing is that you're not even paying the the the, the opportunity cost of actually like like actually including this in your deck is just so low because a 2-2 two -two for one white white is just you know, that's nothing. That's it's, that's fine. It's fine, yeah. For, for, for a 2-2 first strike, even. And having um, a double white, especially in, like, two sets that have devotion abilities, you know, um, having that white-white casting cost just even makes it more sweet to throw it in your deck. It's just a little sweeter thing. If it was a white and two, it would be still be great, obviously. It would be, be even probably better because you could splash it uh, easier. Yeah, I think it's a. I think it's a creature card that doesn't have heroic, but you would absolutely love to have it in your heroic draft decks. Right, exactly. It fits right in. Um, and speaking of things you would love to have in your heroic draft decks, Ghostblade Eidolon. Ghostblade Eidolon is a white and two. It's a one-one double strike, an enchantment creature with bestow of a white and five. Now that's a lot, you know, but. Late game, Enchanted Creature gets plus one, plus one, and has double strike. You slept that on your Prescient Chimera, you know? And you've got a 10 damage... You got 10 damage on turn six, or... No, eight damage, sorry. He's a three, four. But that's stupid. Um, you know, what was the one? The the, the Observant Alcide? Mm -hmm. The one that... Yeah, the one that gave it uh, Vigilance. Yeah, that's great, too. And that one costs five. I mean that one's great, but I mean this is this is really good. Um, I'm really excited to see this card and double strike again. Just screws with screws with your opponents so bad, uh, just ruins people's math. And I think it's going to be a real pain to deal with when you're sitting across from it, and it's going to be amazing when you actually have it. Yeah, I, I, one of the other white cards I like. It's it's that rare that I think this is more for for constructed would be. Sure. Uh, Eidolon of Countless Battles, the one white white for um, the enchantment creature spirit, and it has bestow for two white white, and Eidolon of Countless Battles and the enchanted creature get plus one plus one for each creature you control. 
and plus one plus one for each aura you control. Um, when I was trying to come up with like cards that I actually think might you know see play in um, kind of like a new archetype, that's definitely. Um, I, I know it feels like we say this like for every you know during every spoiler season where it just doesn't seem like ah, I don't see any of these things getting played. Um, I kind of feel that way for this one uh, for for Born of the Gods, but I, I feel like that's one that does have the potential uh that alongside uh uh the hero of Aroas, the one white uh for for a two two human soldier um and uh he has aura spells you cast cost one less to cast and then he has heroic whenever you cast a spell that targets hero of Aroas, you put a plus one plus one counter on him um i feel like those two could contribute to either uh, an aura's deck or some sort of uh maybe uh, hexproof enabler uh, of some sort, um, just making all your uh, unflinching courages and and and, and bestows from Eidolon cheaper seems um, seems like there's the potential. There's almost a critical mass now for some sort of heroic or aggressive hex um, aggressive aura based deck to actually potentially see play in standard. It's sure. one of the few ones where I see like a, like an actual new archetype being enabled. Nice. Um, you know, I've, I've been a huge fan of, uh, hidden strings, um, <laughs> as a, um, as a totally broken, uh, heroic enabler. And I've been really, really wanting something to exist where, uh, that card can be used to its maximum potential. Still going with how stupid white is in, uh, limited, um, loyal Pegasus 2-1, uh, flyer for one white uh, can't attack or block alone. You know, not the best card, but you're gonna. There is a very aggressive white deck um, that's apparent in in this limited format. I saw that one, and I'm, I, I I wasn't quite sure. I was either a really really good common or you know a trap. I'm, I don't think they've really done this with white, and I don't think they've done this effect with a one drop, or maybe they have, and I'm just not aware of it. But, you know, the two I'm familiar with are Ermog Flunkies, which is one red. Right, right. Uh, you kind of, you know, you cheat on the power cost because it can't attack or block alone. So it's one red for a 3-3. Three, three. This isn't in Born of the Gods. This is in the past. And right. then from Gate Crash, they had... Ember Beast. Yeah, so they had Ember Beast at, uh, at two and a red for a 3-4 that, you know, couldn't attack or block alone either. Um, and those actually were easily good enough to play in, in a limited deck. Mm-hmm. Um so I feel like something, and, and that's, some, that's an effect you want to get down in an aggressive deck, and you want to get it down, you know, the sooner the better. So I feel like Loyal Pegasus pushes that as far as I guess you could. It reminds me of uh, War Falcon from M yeah. 12 and 13. Yeah, but it was so... Uh, it was way more conditional. Yeah, it was like unless you controlled a soldier or knight, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've never been able to uh, to use that card with any success. Um, but Loyal Pegasus... You're never going to block with this thing. I mean, the blocking thing, you're probably not going to be able to get it to block most of the time, but you don't ever want to block with it. If you're not turning this thing sideways every turn, you shouldn't even have it in your deck. But it's a really good card um, that will be really aggressive and in the obvious aggressive white X uh, limited archetype that we're seeing. Nyxborn Shieldmate <laughs> is... Uh, First of all, it's a one. It's a one-two for one white, which is already you know the cost is higher. It's it's a worse uh, favored hoplite, um, but then it also is a bestow creature. So it has bestow of a white and two, which is a really low bestow cost. Um, that's the one thing I think is really neat about these Nyxborn creatures is that their bestow costs are pretty low. 
Yeah, I think the cycle is designed to show, <laughs> to test how bad they can make Bestow. Because originally, you know, before we played Theros, is like, well, I don't know, is is Bestow, you know, super, yeah, super powerful. Um, but I, I feel like this entire cycle is just way worse than the common Bestow cycle from 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 Theros. The only the only one that seems okay is the is the blue one. I I don't know. I think the white one's really bad. I think the red one's really bad. Um, we'll see if, if if these are playable, then Bestow is just playable. Period. I think they're fine. They're a heroic trigger. You know, I'm gonna be sad if I play this guy. Yeah, but it's I mean it's a common. It, it it'll fill in a slot in your deck just fine. It'll fit your curve. Um, now, uh, Oresco's Sun Guide. He's a curve filler. That guy's yeah, great. That thing is pretty stupid. I, I saw that and I was like, man, I'm so glad I don't play red anymore. Yeah. So Tom Mortel won uh, GP Sacramento with uh, he's playing a bunch of white creatures in his deck in in the finals draft and you know. He wasn't ashamed to play a couple of traveling philosophers. They, you know, they got in there. They beat. They beat down. This guy's just that, and then some. He, so he's one in white for for a two-two creature cat monk apparently, and he's got inspired. Uh, whenever Oresco's Sun Guide becomes untapped, you gain two life. So uh, it seems perfectly fine. It's it, it'll definitely swing races uh, with with kind of the incidental life gain, and it, you're obviously not you're you're paying almost literally nothing for it at you know one in a white for a two-two a common. You know, we were talking about tribute in the last episode. And how it doesn't really seem like it's that great, um, like it could because no matter what choice um, your opponent makes, it's always going to be the one that benefits them the most. Ornithark, right? Which is just kind of like the word ornithopter and the word archon just smashed together. Actually, and the art sweet, so you know it's got to be, you know, yeah, very pretty good, very flavorful. I think that this is a really good one. It's a 3-3 flyer for two white and three with tribute two. So if the tribute cost wasn't paid, you get two 1-1 white bird creature tokens with flying. So you're either getting five power worth of flying or five power worth of flying for five mana. That's really good. Yeah, I think it's kind of ironic that this is the, the most playable tribute card in the set because it emphasizes the tribute part the least, because the, the two options are the uh, narrowest, I guess. They, they have the least difference between the two. Kind of shows you kind of potentially what a trap tribute might be. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I agree. This one's, I think this one's great. I mean, it was Sarah Angel. That's three white-white for a 4-4 four, four flyer. and 4-4 four, four Vigilance, yeah. Four, yeah, four, and that, that's vigilance. fantastic and limited. I mean, this is, yeah, this is excellent. I, I think getting, it's fantastic yes. for an uncommon. It's pretty good. Now, let's just move on to Blue here. Uh, Blue's got some pretty decent tools. With Blue, not as many things added. Like, see, Blue was strong in the last set uh, for, for Limited, and it really seems like Blue kind of leveled off in terms of, like, you know what I mean? Like, Blue's good. It's still that good color, but there's nothing that really makes me go, oh, man, you know, Blue just got so much better with this set. But... There are a couple of good cards. It's great to see Divination. Um, and the sweet art. <laughs> yeah, the art is actually really, really cool. So um, good to see that around. Um, I think the archetype is a huge one for this set. Archetype of Imagination. Seems like a lot. Of, I mean, if you're playing that card, you're probably playing a lot of flyers already. But uh, blue-green seems to be a pretty decent color combination um, for, for Theros Limited. Uh, so... 
you know, a lot of the green creatures obviously don't have flying, but say you got a Nessian Asp, turn five, turn six, you drop down the archetype, and pretty good. Yeah, I, I know I just uh, pooped on God Favor General, but I actually do like the the blue version of that, the airy worshippers, mm-hmm. the three and a blue for a two four with uh, inspired. Whenever uh, airy worshippers becomes untapped, you can pay two and a blue, and if you do, you put two two blue bird enchantment creature. I think there's an enchantment creature token with flying onto the battlefield. All, all of the uh, inspired creatures, um, all the creatures from this uh, from this cycle are enchantment creatures. Okay. Now, yeah, and then this is great. And Well, he's not a, you know, airy worshippers is way less fragile. You know, it's yeah. one you can turn sideways uh, with a decent amount of confidence, even if it's not going to get through just to get the inspired trigger the next turn and uh, put another flyer on the board. Um, now, this does not have flying itself. So good to uh, good to note, like, uh, was it breaching hippocamp that like, so yeah, everyone have thought flying. they had flying. I can't tell you how many times that like I've just attacked into one, like knowing that they're gonna think they could block with it, or <laughs> it's like, the most amazing thing. Uh, Chorus of the Tides is a pretty good heroic card. You get that scry when when you uh, when you target it, three two flyer mm-hmm. for four. Seems all right. Again, I mean, it fits a it fits a, a four drop spot, especially if you're going like blue white heroic um in sealed or draft this is a great four drop flyer you know you it almost seems like at this point you can curve out on a uh flying heroic deck i think i earlier just said that i thought all the uh the bestow cycle for uh, this set was just much worse than the last but uh the uh flitter step eidolon i think is actually really strong yeah uh it's a one in a blue for a one one um enchantment creature with bestow five in a blue and uh, Flitter Step Eidolon can't be blocked. So, uh, and then, you know, the Enchanted Creature gets plus one, plus one, and can't be blocked. So, a lot of the previous ones, like Nimbus Nyad or um, oh, Cavern Lampad, yeah. um, they gave you, you know, kinds of evasion, like sort of stuff to, you know, avoid getting blocked. This one just, you know, straight up unblockable. Yeah, Cavern uh, Lampad was, has never been what I hoped it would be. You know, uh, it was ne- it's never been as good as I wanted it to be. This is this is like a much better cavern lamp pad. Yeah, I mean, and people were playing um, aqueous form, mm-hmm. you know, just to get damage through. I think that, you know, this obviously does the same thing while while having additional upside to that where it actually pumps power. Nullify? Nullify, yeah. yeah. Nullify is just basically counter target spell in limited, right? I mean, like <laughs> most of the things that you're that you're playing against are creatures or auras. You're countering most things. I feel like blue between uh, Theros and Born of the Gods seems to have the best overall removal because uh, Nullify is it's your Doom Blade basically, and then and then if they do hit the board, then you still have all the awesome bounce spells from uh, from Theros. True. Oh man, Stratus Walk. I like that one a lot. I like yeah. Stratus Walk. I mean, that's so good. Hopefully, you'll never play Scourge Mark again, right? Uh, it seems so much better. Yeah. Uh, and then this plus Flood Tide Serpent. You can just draw a million cards. Ugh. <laughs> I'm going to try that at the pre-release. Uh, I should probably actually oh, mention what man. these cards do. <laughs> yeah, so you got Flood wow. Tide Serpent. Wow, all right. Yeah, Flood Tide Serpent, over blue and four. Flood Tide Serpent can't attack unless you return an enchantment you control to its owner's hand. And it's a 4-4. So, I mean, and I always think about that in general, just being able to abuse heroic triggers. You yeah, know? A heroic um, trigger. It, it reminds me of um, the 5-5 five, five for 5 from Gatecrash, the blue one, um, where, like, it couldn't 
if if it attacked or blocked, it had to you had to return or if it dealt damage, I think, um, you had to return it to your hand. And it's just basically a way to abuse um, evolve triggers. Mm, right. Uh, you just kept recasting a five five. So it's it's an undercosted five five for blue, um, at that rarity. Um, and it's just a way to kind of just abuse that. This seems like a very similar card where you can recast your auras uh, to abuse heroic, or just if you get if you get some of those cantrip ones, then you can really just start going off. Did we talk about whelming wave on the last? <laughs> no. Uh, that's right. No, we were just talking about that. Um, I think on a text message or something. Uh, whelming wave is two blue and two. Uh, disappointingly, a sorcery. Uh, but it says. Return all creatures to their owner's hands. That would be awesome, right? But it, yeah, sweet. But it gets better. Except for Krakens, Leviathans, Octopuses. I thought that was Octopi, but whatever. No, it's Octopuses. Okay. And Serpents. So, most creatures... I think they mentioned it in the article that spoiled it, but I've always wanted to try to break quest for Ula's temple in modern. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I think this gets us no closer, but it's still cool. I just like, I just like the text that is on, on that card. Um, there's actually an interesting article by uh, Sam Black about trying to play this with like Karametra um, and Archaeomancer, I think. Where you could just basically cycle them because you you cast this our um, archaeomancer goes back in your hand you play archaeomancer you get this back in your and you could just uh, cycle it infinitely while you're getting while you're <laughs> while you're getting lands uh, it was an interesting idea but I don't know how competitive that is <laughs> no probably not I will um, probably try it once during the standard season <laughs> so I guess moving on to black here oh, um, I have one more oh okay. one more in blue sure sure sure. Yeah, I just like Sphinx's Disciple. I like. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was I was thinking about that too. I like best case scenario cards because that's uh, I'm kind of guilty of doing that where um, I just imagine myself. I cast the card, uh, it goes completely unanswered, and then it just you know takes over the game. I like to have at least one of those cards where it needs no help, and if they don't answer it, or you know if they just don't have any answers to flyers, it'll in a board stall just just take things over. So it's three blue blue for. Uh, two two with flying and uh, probably the best inspired trigger in the set. Uh, whenever Sinx's disciple becomes untapped, you draw a card. And it's a common. Again, like it's a little fragile. It's two two, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of things that can take it out. But um, if they don't answer it, man, whew, you are in business. Are you gonna play Vortex Elemental ever? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really good. No, it's actually uh, it's it's just fine. It's great. Um. Just with all the enchantments people are suiting their creatures up with, um, one for wanting yourself like that just seems perfectly fine. What was Probably the, can actually uh, get value out of it. What was the jellyfish? Uh, Gomazoa from Zendikar. It was uh, a blue and two for an O3 defender flying. Uh, and tap it, put Gomazoa and each creature it's blocking on top of their owner's libraries, and those players shuffle their libraries. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's a good ability. It's It's a removal spell. It doesn't matter um, how big the creature is, you know. It doesn't matter if the creature has trample or first strike or double strike, which a lot of things have those abilities right now. Uh, it just deals with something, you know. Now this like Gomazo was great because it had flying, but yeah, you couldn't activate Gomazoa until the turn after you cast it. Yeah, this is kind of like a blues version of a Sedge Scorpion. Yeah. 
Really? I mean, it is. And uh, with the added bonus of getting it in your library to potentially draw again. You know, whereas said Scorpion yeah. dies and it dies, you know. But this is this is fine. Uh, I think it's really good. So I guess moving on to black here. Uh, for, we talked about Bile Blight. We talked about Drown in Sorrow last week. Two pretty solid removal spells um, for black. Uh, black, I don't know what you're talking about, about not having any removal. Black has two other just fine removal spells. Um, eye Gouge, for one. Eye Gouge... <laughs> Eye gouge is fine, man. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. Uh, it's 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 one black. It's an instant. Target creature gets minus one minus one till end of turn. If it's a cyclops, destroy it. Um, you know, I don't know if there are any cyclopses in this set. I haven't really been paying attention. But there uh, seems to be a lot of X ones actually. So that's what I'm I saying. Mean... There are a lot of one toughness creatures right now. Um, so I think it's good. Uh, it's not as good as Asphyxiate though. Asphyxiate I actually really like. Um, Asphyxiate is two black and one. It's a sorcery. Destroy target untapped creature. Um, you know, there's not a ton of stuff in the set with haste. Uh, so, you know, somebody drops a bomb, they gotta wait till their next turn to use it. You have this card in hand, you untap, you kill their creature, and it's over. And there's no, like, non-black or non-artifact. It's just untapped creature, which is any big bomb your opponent has that doesn't have haste. Yeah, I I don't know. For some reason, I, I feel like it's good if you're winning, and then you're like, you have this in hand, and, you know, it's a dead card, but, you know, it makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside because you're like, well, if they then play something, then I'm all set. It's one but of those... There's... Yeah, it's one of those cards you're going to wind up that jerk opponents are going to wind up showing their opponents after they utterly destroy them. Yeah, they'll be like, yeah, they still oh. still had still had all these. Yeah, like yeah, I still had this asphyxiate. So, but like you know, a lot of the time when I want removal is like when I'm you know you know you're just getting your your ass handed to you or whatever, and you're counting up the outs in your deck. Like, what can I draw that will you know maybe not win me the game, but at least make it so that I'm not going to lose this next turn. And typically asphyxiate, I mean, it's just not going to, you're just going to, it's going to mock you when you draw that. It's going to laugh at you. Yeah. At that type of creature that's just destroying you. That's a good point. Black. But, I mean, Drown oh. Sorrow and, and Bile Blight. So when, when I mean like the, the removal is bad, I mean, it makes it seem like it's better just because those are going to be amazing and constructed. I, I think they're fine. I think Bile Blight's actually perfectly fine for limited. All the removal is very circumstantial. Like, you know, asphyxiate. Um, it's it's only good if you know you're you 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 happen to get them that turn that they actually play it or you're ahead and you can just hold it for something that actually matters or bile blight. I mean it's good for versus an aggressive deck uh, unless it's heroic and it's already too late and they're already too big. Um, or it's, I, you know, well, eye gouge isn't that narrow though. Um, you know, if you're playing against mono cyclops draft deck, um, it's you just, know that is true. You know, um, are there any changelings in this set? No. Yeah. My mom. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, that just happened. I'm really disappointed with Faded Return. <laughs> Faded Return. Really? What, is, what even is that? Faded Return is three black and four. It's an instant. Put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. It gains indestructible. If it's your turn, scry two. Hate it. Hate. That's kind of sad. Yeah, there's a lot of cards here that seem like very obviously for 
casual or EDH. I think that's I think that's why you're upset because this is like an EDH card. I hate it because it doesn't even let you get the dies trigger from Ashen Rider, man. Like that's lame. How lame does that have to be? Like, come on, man, give us a give us a good uh, give us a good reanimate spell. And You're lame, instant speed, indestructible action. Like, I'm like, I don't even want the indestructible. That's the thing that <laughs> bums me out. Is I'm like, man, it's like the one time that I wouldn't be pumped for like getting your creature back and having it not die. You want Ashen Rider to die. You know, he's that guy. He's just to blow up two permanents with him. And hopefully with a with a reanimate spell that costs four or five. But Eh, whatever. I was just kind of like, man, there's like no value to gain out of Faded Return. Like, it's just it's like... It's way too expensive. It's way too expensive. It doesn't matter if it's instant. It doesn't matter if it's indestructible. It doesn't matter if you scry two. Seven is way too much for that ability. For one creature, like if it was return all creatures from the battlefield, from the graveyard onto the battlefield under your control, they gain indestructible. You know, like that would be great. Get rid of the scry. Just do all. Like... <laughs> But like that would that would be okay, but seven for one creature, lame, terrible. So uh, I know we we did a lot of these cards were already spoiled. A lot of the ones worth talking about were already spoiled. Um, for limited, I, I want to try to. Um, it's 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 often hard to get a monocolor deck, but I just like Marshmist Titan. It might not be the best, especially because it's it's very difficult to play a monocolor deck in limited, where this is the only time you'd play this card. Uh, Marshmus Titan is a six, six and one black for a four five, but Marshmus Titan costs X less to cast, where X is your devotion to black. So it's basically affinity for black, uh, yeah. which is cool. This is the kind of card that makes me wonder if it's playable in constructed. You know, um, considering that there's already a mono black devotion deck, like this doesn't add any devotion, but like maybe like a two of, I don't know. Pack rat's probably just so much better. You know what I mean? Like when you could be yeah, because you're thinking best case scenario, you have like three three black devotion on the table. Yeah, so if only, if only three uh, or four. If only people would start playing dark prophecy. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, you drop your dark prophecy and then you pay two and a black for a four or five. I mean, please, everyone. I'd probably just I'd probably just rather play one and a black for a one one. Please, everyone, start playing dark prophecy. <laughs> I have another black card I want to talk about. I like uh, spiteful returned. Yeah, yeah. That's another bestow creature I actually like. It's it's one a black for a one one, um, and whenever Spiteful returned or enchant creature attacks, the defending player loses two life, um, and its bestow is is three in a black, which is you know it's not that bad. Um, I feel like it can go in just a lot of decks. Um, uh, I think it's probably because I'm just a fan of uh, I, I I played Shadow Slice from Gate Crash way more than anyone with any kind of common sense would. <laughs> Uh, just because I just liked the really large swings of damage it represented if, if people just let their, their guard down. Um, and this has that at, at, you know, three and a black. When you bestow it on something that's already attacking, that's just dramatically increasing its its clock um, and, and kind of your reach. But this can also just go into an aggressive deck where, you you know, you just play this for you play this on turn two. And if, if their defenses are down, you just start getting in for, for three a turn. I just, yeah, I like it a lot uh, yeah. for an uncommon. A turn one uh, tormented hero, turn two spiteful returned sounds like a problem. Yeah. On turn three, <laughs> there it is, right there. Cyclops of one eyed pass for two <laughs> kills him dead. That's amazing. All right, get your eye gouges. Bang bang. Talking about red, uh, I mean 
removal spells for red. Remove I mean, red got so much good remove. Red already had lightning strike and magma jet, right? That's true. Now there's uh you know faded conflagration is a stretch in terms of limited, um, but you've got bolt of Karanos. Yeah, I think that's perfectly fine. You've got bolt of Karanos. You've got lightning volley. You've got searing blood. I mean, these are those are three pretty solid removal spells. Um, Versus small creatures. Well, yeah, but they're not. I mean, it's not terrible though. Um, no. But red. I mean, red seems like they've gained a lot. Um, or at least a lot more options to make it playable. Yeah, I, I feel like red was probably my least played color um, in Theros. And I don't think that'll be the case uh, with, with Born of the Gods. I, I definitely like a lot of the cards. Thunder Brute, Creature, Cyclops. Yeah, man, I gouge. Thunderous Might is the card off the top of, like, out of everything that seems... Like it has the most potential, um, or at least maybe like more so than than it's being given credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, red and one uh, for an enchantment aura, enchant creature at that uncommon. Whenever enchanted creature attacks, it gets plus X plus O until end of turn, where X is your devotion to red. That seems pretty damn good. You know, put that on an impetuous sun chaser. <laughs> yeah. Um, or put that on Wingsteed Rider, frankly. If you're playing red white, you know, you've got the heroic thing going on. In uh-huh. it, Yeah. In in limited actually in terms of red removal, I do like Fall of the Hammer. Yeah, that's yeah. not bad. Because it's yeah. not it's not fight. It's not pit fight where, where they each deal each other um their their damage. This one is just your creature deals its uh power and damage to another target creature. So it's just that's, all you have to do is have enough power on the board. That's one of those things that I think people are gonna like not realize a lot is that they're not going to realize that it's not fight. I think that people are going to be like, well, it kills your creature too. Like, no, it doesn't. I like a crone conscriptor. Uh, I think that's pretty sweet. Yeah. It's just a act of treason on a three, two. So it's four and a red for a three, two and it has heroic. Whenever you cast a spell, it targets a crone conscriptor, uh, gain control of another target creature until end of turn, untap that creature. It gains haste until end of turn. Um, I think that could just, have some just once you have this on the board just some ridiculous swings um either you know offensively where you know you just have a couple of cheap um pump spells and you know you you take their entire board and swing for the win i mean people are building up these gigantic um heroes and 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 swinging in with them um and when you can kind of turn that against them um and take their defender i mean you could just do some huge amounts of damage off that and then it's also instant which is kind of crazy i don't think they've done that since act of aggression Right. Uh, New Yeah. And I think that itself, technically, its converted mana cost was five, even though two of it was red fire, uh, Phyrexian mana, mm-hmm. um, where you can, you know, after they've declared attackers, you can, you know, you can do some tricks where you, you, you take control of their creature, use it to block one of their. I mean, it's just at uncommon. I, I really like it a lot. I think it's a lot better than uh, some of the. So with the red heroic creatures um, in Theros, uh, it, instead of pumping them up, um, you know, adding plus one plus one counters like with the uh, the green and the and the and the white heroes, um, they they put spells on them. So there was I can't even remember the name of it from Theros, where if you targeted it, it had a heroic ability that would shock something. And I basically never played it, but uh, this Labyrinth definitely... Champion. Labyrinth, yeah, yeah. Hated I, it. I, 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 yeah, I almost never played him. I played uh, him this... once and I, I hated it so much. 
yeah, this this guy seems a lot better. You just, you know, you tighten strength him up, um, take control of the one, you know, like a, a Nessian ass, and all of a sudden, Ugh. you know, you're, you're swinging for 10. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it, it seems really good. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. It's, uh, it's a great, great finisher. Uh, the fact that, like, you know, active treason isn't always great to put in your deck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, this and is you don't always... want too many of them. <laughs> right. Now, this is always going to be fine. You know, three, two for five is fine, but then just pumping it and taking something is, is ridiculous. Like having that on a stick almost is pretty sick. I like the archetype of uh, aggression. Yeah. Yeah. The archetype, it's aggressively costed. Yeah. Um, This one, the white one seemed really good in, in, in aggressive decks. Yeah. I mean, trample is really awesome, especially in like stalemates, uh, board, board clogs, you know? Um, having that trample uh, really mess with the math and, and makes it harder for people to chump block. Um, especially when you've got like things pumping out little tokens left and right. Like it seems like things are going to be doing uh, in limited. This gets through all those little one, one tokens. So it's pretty sweet. I like faded conflagration. Um, I like that a lot. Actually. I think that's one that will absolutely see constructed play um, yeah. just because I will play it. Uh I've been playing that red-white burn deck a lot um, this past standard season. And one of the conflicts you'd have is, especially versus Esper, um, or any kind of control deck that, that that played creatures, they'd usually be a Blood Baron. The best answer for Blood Baron is Mizium Mortars, but it Mizium Mortars, except for Blood Baron, is a completely dead card versus control decks. Mm-hmm. Um, so it basically just read, you know, one in a red, destroy target Blood Baron, which I don't know how great a card that is. If they're, and you don't even know how many they're running. Maybe they're only running two. This seems kind of like a red uh, Hero's Downfall, where it's a removal spell, but it's not dead uh, versus control. So, you know, you can hit you can hit their Jaces that just ticked up. Um, it's it's also an awesome answer to, to Obsidat, which when I was playing, again, with that burn deck, there was just almost no answer to unless you're holding on to like two uh, lightning strikes or something or some some combination of cards like that. Right. Um, so yeah, I think I, I like it a lot, especially as just like a, a red sideboard card. Sorry, I know you keep saying how much you hate the Nixborn cards, but Nixborn Rolliker, <sighs> man, he's a. I mean, like, no, I just like these uh, these bestow creatures, especially the cheaper ones. You know, I mean, just having the heroic triggers or just being able to Voltron up a big old creature just doesn't seem I, like a bad. I like plan. the picture of him tap dancing and knocking over everyone's food. That that's pretty sweet. Actually, yeah, the, the artwork That's is my favorite part of the card. The artwork is probably the best part of this card. But these things, you're going to play these things way more than you're giving yourself credit for right now. I will um, make a solemn oath to you right now <laughs> that I will not play Nick's Born Rolliker. All right. Not well, once. All right. I probably won't because I probably won't play red. You peer um, over my shoulder and I play that, I'll give you $5 on the spot. <laughs> Fine. You collect any time. Done. Ferg X Giant, I'll play him. <laughs> the four and a red for a three three tribute two. If your uh, if your tribute wasn't paid, uh, he deals five damage to each opponent. So I mean, he's basically I've played, five, five for five. Kinda, yeah. I've I've played I've played Lavax. Yeah. Unlimited, and you know I'm not ashamed of that fact. Should so if you can attach it to a three three, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Nobody's ever gonna take five. I don't think. Well, I guess they could if they have a four four. But I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> Not too thrilled about that one. I don't know if I. I don't know if I'd play it. Hey, here's a card that I think is kind of interesting. I don't know if it's great, but I just. And I guess I hadn't really read it or didn't pay attention to it. Um, Scouring Sands. 
Scouring Sands, the red and one, it's a common sorcery. Scouring Sands deals one damage to each creature your opponents control. Scry one. So it's so it's electricery yeah. overloaded with scry one. That seems fine. I mean, like I don't know what situation that's going to work in, you know. But yeah, they're. I mean, if they're playing like a crow and crusaders or something crazy like that, there's been times where I sighed in spark jolt if a, if, a, if an opponent like in limited, obviously, um, if an opponent has a ton of one, you know, X ones in their deck, then absolutely. And this is just that plus a little bit of upside. Mm-hmm. Board sweepers are always good to look at, but uh, this one's not a very strong one. Um, I, I kind of like the Stormcaller of Karanos, the the two and a red for a two two with haste. Um, and then it has just one blue. You don't have to tap it or anything like that, and you just scry one. Yeah, um, having scry on a stick for a pretty cheap cost doesn't seem bad. And and repeatable, like we don't have to. T- I mean, you could just you could do that as many times as you want as you have mana for in a turn. Right. So. You know, it's obviously an aggressive card in the early game when you just want to, if, if you're on that plan where you just want to beat down, and then uh, if you top deck this when when you're at like a board stall and everyone's just you know playing top deck, I mean this is a fan, this is still perfectly fine because it'll just scry you to what you want top deck. This is a card that I'm surprised you haven't mentioned yet. Seder Fire Dancer. Are you pumped about this guy? I like him. I'll definitely play him because you've been playing the Red Burn. Like I figure this is like a dream come true for that deck, isn't it? It is. I thought so. So, so at first I was like, this is sweet. This is exactly what I want because so there's like, there's kind of a difference between burn in legacy versus like burn in standard burn standard. You're, you're, you're actually using most of your, most of the time the default is you burn their creatures. Um, whereas in legacy, the default is you burn their face. And I was like this, you know, this is awesome. Uh, yeah. Like you said, I can have, have my cake and eat it too. I'll just burn their face, kill their creatures. Problem solved. Right. And then I realized um, one of the strengths of the burn deck is the fact that it kind of just laughs at uh, mono black and the fact that they, you know, 50% of their decks just removal and you're just sitting there with no creatures. Uh, and this just, you know, that's so, so originally I played and I think at GP Dallas, I played a, a kind of a red aggro burn deck, but it had uh, young pyromancers in it. And that was actually it can get out of control. But the problem is. They have a ton. Like when you play burn, you strand a lot of one of the, one of the strengths of the 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 deck is to strand a ton of removal in their hand. And then you know whenever I dropped the young pyromancer, they're like finally, and you know just heroes downfall or whatever. Right. Um. And I I think this will just do the same thing. Sure. It's hard to make their their removal live. I I thought at first I was like really psyched about this card, and then. I, I thought through and like what it would lo- actually look like in the decks I've been playing, and then I uh, got a little disappointed. Sideboard versus mono black, maybe potentially, I mean, yeah. If you want to like Jedi mind trick them, where they like take out all the removal, and then you're like, haha. But yeah, then but the thing, yeah, there are a lot of. I mean, there are a lot of cards that you could do that with that aren't that great. But this yeah. one seems like the kind because they're not going to change their deck too significantly. But this seems like the kind of one that isn't going to really screw up your plan too much. Because you can still point your burn at their face, you know, um, but you have the added bonus of it also hitting their creatures. It seems like if, you, if they took their removal out, you stick this thing out there and it would stick around a little longer than uh, than it would usually, you know. It's, it seems it seems like it could be good out of the board. I don't know. What what would you board in against black typically? Um, well, since I've, I've been playing red-white, um, I just have four Assemble Allegiance in the sideboard. Just mm. board those in for... Um, because uh, it has uh, four Storm Breath Dragons, and those are just, like, instantly killed. 
Uh, so you just bring in a card that they can't they can't deal with ever. This would be interesting versus like maybe aggro decks like a mono if you know mono white was really popular or something like that where they didn't have removal. Yeah, for sure. I Man, mono white is just I don't see how that deck can even do any good. Now there's like a a decent board sweep in 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 black. That did make me sad that they gave them <laughs> two awesome. I was just like, okay. Cards like, that deal with, yeah. Because I had, at one point, that that white deck was starting to pick up steam, and I put a couple shrivels in my sideboard. But shrivel wasn't enough, because every time no. I had the shrivel, it seemed like they had enough things with two toughness that it wasn't going to actually do anything. Or, uh, or they play a bunch of one-drops, and then the turn before you draw your shrivel, they drop a, like a Spear of Heliod or something, exactly. just, to, just to really rub it in. Right, right. So, so it was never actually good. Uh, but the the minus two minus two feels like just enough to make that deck make me shrug, you know. Um, yeah. Let's get into green cards real quick. Um, I'm gonna talk about one card that I like in green, <laughs> um, and then uh, we'll, I'm gonna let you talk about anything you want to talk about in green. So, uh, Cursor of Crufix. Uh, is a 2-4 for 2 green and 1. Enchantment Creature Centaur. Play with the top card of your library revealed. You may play the top card of your library if it's a land card. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you gain 1 life. So I just want to add this to my Maze's End deck. I want to replace the uh, Ceruli Gatekeepers that let you uh, gain 7 life. If you control 2 or more gates with this, because it costs less... You get to see, kind of get to set up your turns a little better with it. Um, you're still gaining the life a little slowly, admittedly. And you're blocking earlier, too. Exactly. You have to. Yeah, exactly. I, I just think the cursor is going to be really good for Maze's End. Um, I'm, I'm determined to make Maze's End work before the season's out. Um, and this is a good card. I think that the Kiora, uh, once the price drops a little bit, will be just fine for that deck. Oh, and then there was one other card uh, for that deck that I thought was interesting. Hold at bay, back going back to white. Mm-hmm. Um, hold at bay could potentially be added to the deck. Uh, so it's one and a white. Uh, instant, prevent the next seven damage that would be dealt to target creature or player this turn. Um, just another fog effect? Yeah, just another fog effect. And it's one that de- that doesn't say combat damage. So, like, mm. you know, and that's that's pretty big when you're dealing with, um, like, like, a red burn deck, for instance. So what cards are you interested in? I guess the first one that I think is pretty good for both limited and even possibly constructed is uh, Aspect of Hydra. It's just one in a green for... No, I'm sorry, not even one. It's just green. One green. Um, it's like a giant growth, but uh, potentially better. Um, it's an instant, and then target creature gets plus X, plus X until end of turn, where X is your devotion to green. Um, I think that's just a fantastic trick in limited. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's like, it just yeah, I mean, you're going to look at the board sometimes and just be like, well, that's impossible to play around if if, if it happens, um, you know, in constructed, you've got um, burning tree emissary. Uh, so you can, you know, you go, you go visit magical Christmas land with uh, a bunch of those and you can start just doing insane amounts of damage uh, very quickly. So if there is like a, a kind of like a parallel to a, a Naya blitz deck in this standard, um, which actually at one, there, there actually was at one point um, a mono green kind of an aggressive deck with, with, with pump spells in it. Um, uh, last standard season, I think this is this. I I, I do think Aspect of Hydra will see constructed play, um, and obviously it'll see limited play. So I really like that card a lot. Um, it's just 
it's crazy. I think that's like an instant and it's one green versus <laughs> calling mark, which is two and a green for a sorcery where target creature blocks his turn if able. Um, God, that's, that's <laughs> it's just I can't believe they like they give you that good a deal with one common and then that bad a deal with another 165 one. 165 slots and you wasted one on that. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> uh, hero of Lena Tower looks really cool. It's a lot. It's a really risky card if you're going to try to play that in constructed and also man intensive, but. I'll definitely, um, it's a rare, but it's just a card I like a lot. It's just, uh, again, just green for a 1-1, one, one, and it's got Heroic, and whenever you cast a spell, it targets Hero of uh, Lena Tower. Um, you may pay X. If you do, you put X plus 1 plus 1 counters on Hero of Lena Tower. They're not tower counters? No, just just, just the plus 1 plus 1. I like Faded Intervention. Uh, potentially, it's a little expensive for, for Constructed, um, but it still puts... Six power onto the board at instant speed. It's uh, two green, green, green. Um, and you put two, three, three green centaur enchantment creature tokens on the battlefield. And if it's your turn, scry two. If there is a token or populate deck, uh, I think that could help enable it. Absolutely. I like that a lot one for, for, for constructed. Grave robber spider. Yeah, I like that. So, yeah, so it seems like there's like a self mill deck potentially. Yeah, I know um, you were talking limited. about this. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, and like, I even like, What's the healer called from from Theros? Healer of cards so bad I don't even know the name. Oh, I've it's fantastic! <laughs> it's uh, three green black for. Um... Oh oh, Farika's Mender. Mender. Why was I saying healer? Good lord. I don't okay, know. three green and a black for. Um, I believe a four three, and when it enters the battlefield, you retar- return target creature enchantment card to your hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also had commune with the gods. Uh, to to mill yourself to find uh to potentially you know add value for when you play uh free Chris Mender. So there was like the beginnings of one and there's a few more cards in Born of the Gods that actually uh point towards that. So one is yeah Grave Robber Spider, which is three and a green for a two four creature spider with reach. It has three and a black and Grave Robber Spider gets plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of creature cards in your graveyard. And you can only activate this ability uh once each turn. Um so there's just another creature that kind of pays uh pays you off for having um, creatures in your graveyard, you know, whether you get that, get them there through combat or through, you know, milling yourself, um, kind of like Nemesis Immortals, which is another reward for doing that in Theros. Right. Um, there's another one I really liked, actually. It's one in a green. It's a Seder uh, Wayfinder. He's a 1-1. One, one. Um, and when Seder Wayfinder enters the battlefield, you reveal the top four cards of your library, and you may put a land card from among them into your hand and put the rest into your graveyard. So there's oh. a there's a lot of cre- uh, there's a lot of cards and there's even a bunch in, in white and black that um, that have incidental mill built into them. Yeah. So that could be uh, that could be an archetype to actually that you can actually pull off uh, in limited. It was really hard to do in Theros. There just weren't enough cards and a lot of them were uncommons or rares um, to actually get an engine going. But it seems like they're trying to enable that. And I, I I think those will be. I'll definitely try them out in limited. Um, Multiple times if it doesn't work. <laughs> um, I'll no, see. I won't play. I've already told you I won't play Nixborn Rolliker, but I will probably. I might play Charging Badger. Charging. <laughs> He's a green for a one-one oh, with trample. <laughs> I see him. I love the picture. Yeah. Um. You know, if you if you're playing like a heroic deck or you have a bunch of expensive bestow, um, bestow cards, but no early game he's fine. And then you start bestowing them and 
tramples pretty good with any kind of power pumpers. I want a Russian foil of him. And so similar to that uh, Crypsis instant, the one in the blue um, from Blue, uh, green kind of gets its own version, except you don't you don't get to untap it. But it's uh, it's one in a green for um, target creature gets plus one plus one and gains indestructible until end of turn. So yeah. similar tricks that are there's just it's it's going to be almost impossible to play around open mana. <laughs> uh, we talked about raised by wolves last episode. Um, it's a great card. Yeah. Uh, at, at common, there's a Ferris Band Tromper, which is three in a green for a three three, and he has inspired whenever Ferris Band Tromper becomes untapped, you put a plus one, plus one counter on him. Um, the, again, he's just another creature where it's just like, if they have no answer uh, to a 3-3, three, three, um, they have to have an answer to a 3-3 three, three that turn, because otherwise he's going to untap, he's going to be a 4-4, four, four, then they're going to have to have an answer for a 4-4. Four, four. I, I like cards like that. It could it could, it could, could be pretty good. Uh, obviously, Unraveled Aether is really great. Uh, it's one in a green. This is main deckable, I think, um, in limited. Um, and obviously... Uh, sideboard material for green decks and constructed it's one in a green for an instant you choose target artifact or enchantment and its owner shuffles it into his or her library wow so i think that's fantastic instant speed it's pretty good and it hits the indestructible ones it's pretty stupid um there's still not uh like a wild growth or, or sorry rampant growth or far seek effect in standard but i could almost see myself trying to play um i don't even know how to pronounce this periger Perigrination? Perigrination? It's three and a green sorcery, and you search your library for up to two basic land cards, reveal them, and put one on the battlefield, tapped them, one in your hand, and then uh, you scry one. I, I could, I might see myself playing that. There's just not a lot of, like, land ramp in standard right now. It's all it's all attached to creatures, or it's just Nykthos. It's like Kadama's Reach, but it costs one more. You're basically paying an extra colorless mana to scry. Yeah, there's just no land ramp right now. Right, if there's a deck looking for that ability you know, then uh, it could fit in there nice. Um, and the last one in green, I like uh, the Cetestin Oathsworn. So I, I do actually like a lot of these 1-1s, one -ones, and there are a lot of <laughs> X-1s and 1-1s one -ones in yeah in, in, uh, in Born of the Gods, but it's one green-green for a 1-1 one -one, uh, creature. He's got a Heroic. Whenever you cast a spell, it targets Cetestin Oathsworn. Uh, you put two plus-one, plus-one counters on Cetestin Oathsworn. So it seems like they took... Um, like some creature, the similar creatures, similar road creatures in white and green uh, from Theros and just made them smaller and cheaper and give you basically the same effect. It's kind of, it's not nearly as good as the Crow and Sky Guard just because the bigger version of that, um, the Wingsteed Rider is just a lot better, but it, I, I could see it being playable. It's a common. Um, so it could make green heroic wasn't really a thing, or at least I never really played it that much, but I, I could see that working potentially with Born of the Gods. Yeah, for sure. Real quick, Chromanticore. Chromanticore <laughs> uh, is um, a card that I will probably be grabbing four of for the sideboard of my uh, Maze's End deck. <laughs> that's, uh, that is, that's interesting. Um, because if you're going to, if you're going to go, if you're going to play something um, that you know, gimmicky, if you're going to, yeah, if you're going to play something that gimmicky, you might as well uh, make your sideboard gimmicky too. So uh, you say you're going to play foil ones though. I, 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 I guess I better, right? I mean, those, those are going to look sweet. Yeah, totally. They actually really will look sweet. But uh, it's a 4-4 four, four for Wooberg. Uh, it's Enchantment Creature Manicore. It has Bestow 2 Wooberg. And it's Flying First Strike Vigilance Trample Lifelink. 
uh, enchanted creature gets plus four plus four and has flying first strike vigilance trample and lifelink yeah no death touch yeah um too good i guess i know no death touch no hex proof um but uh whatever what can you do uh but hey the cool thing is you can just slap this on you get slap a crow manticore on top of another crow manticore and uh you've got uh more winning than usual uh it's it's i don't know i'm gonna i like i said i'm just gonna the the the, the mazes end deck is strictly for fun anyway i'm gonna put them in the sideboard of it just because if anyone wasn't already mad about losing to Maze's End, <laughs> they're going to be even more mad when they lose to Maze's End. With Cromanticore. Uh, it's my, that's they my... will side out all their removal, I can almost guarantee they you that. They will side out all their removal. I, I, there's not really much in terms of like artifacts to talk about, uh, but you, you, there's one you wanted to, to bring up I thought that you it had a he had a pretty good point. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, uh, Gorgon's Head. Um, not Herman's Head. Uh, but uh, Gorgon's Gorgon's Head uh, is a card that you're definitely going to be able to go Blitzkrieg with in the right situation. Um, so it's a there's a very obscure reference for anyone who got that. Uh, please email us and you'll collect your prize. Um, you know, I will get you a Gorgon's Head. <laughs> like a real Gorgon's? Yeah, I'll get you a real Gorgon's Head. Gorgon's Head is uh, one colorless. It's an artifact equipment. It's an uncommon. Equipped creature has Death Touch. Equip two. So Death Touch, for one, first of all, uh, has been great in the limited format, um, period. You know, um, the the black bestow creature with Death Touch is one of my favorites, even though I can't say the name of it. And uh, the Sedge Scorpion. Baleful Eidolon. Yeah, Baleful Eidolon and Sedge Scorpion are just like two of the best creatures in Theros Limited. Uh, Gorgon's Head basically turns any of your creatures into those creatures um but that's not really what i want to talk about with uh with this card um equipments that grant death touch have always been uh really good in the right uh like in the right situations so um for example um we used to have uh, mortar pod and basilisk collar uh was a pretty uh stupid interaction um, when both of those cards were legal, basically what it does is it just turns or, or, or like Basilisk Collar and Goblin Sharpshooter. Um, you know, that's obviously that one obviously gets real dumb. Granting a pinger death touch just says, you know, tap, destroy target creature. Um, just a little Voltron action. Um, and uh, right now, you know, in the fringe of playability, we've got, uh, you know, like. Uh, blue, white, red uh, is is pretty flint fringe uh, playable right now. Um, now having uh, access to an enchant or to an equipment like this uh, with something like is it static caster where uh, where pack rats you know a prominent card right now in the format or uh, or any number of tokens things of that nature uh, having something like this is good. You can put on a Pelucranos. You can put it on Pelucranos, see? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of interesting things that you can do with it. Or you can put it on uh, um, Boros Reckoner. Mm. So, uh, you know, there's just a lot of uh, a lot of weird stuff you can do with an equipment that grants Death Touch. Because it sticks around and it basically gives anything that you, uh, that you, you know, hook up to it Death Touch. And if you hook up things that can target other things... Niv-Mizzet. Uh, Niv-Mizzet. Yeah, see? Wait. <laughs> You know, like there's there's just lots of uh, 
Niv Mizzet ended as is it Staticaster. See, there's the start of a deck right there. Um Seriously, I mean that's that it's solid. Uh, and so I mean, just keep an eye out for a card like this, or for a situation or a deck uh, that this card would slot into really nicely, because um, almost guarantee it sees a home uh, at some point, because that's always been something that's uh, that's been pretty prominent. I can't even talk right now. I'm so tired. All right. Um, I think that's basically everything. Yeah, we've we've got we hit the end of the list, and we've gone way over time. Don't be surprised if I cut out like red. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> moving on to green, like <laughs> be like, wait, what? Wait, what happened to red? Um, so that's born of the gods. Uh, we've uh, we've gone through it pretty extensively, uh, probably way more extensively than you're going to hear on the finished product. <laughs> uh, so. We're getting some liberal editing there to keep this uh, down to like a, a digestible length. Get down uh, to a tight four hours. Right. Well, uh, yeah, right. Uh, but it, it's, it's been fun talking about the set, and I'm looking forward to playing this weekend. Uh, Steven and I are both going to be playing uh, the Saturday pre-release at Common Ground Games in Dallas. Uh, so y'all want to come out. Y'all are from Dallas. Come on out and, uh, and play us. Uh, I think uh, so. You're, we're we're gonna do two at a giant. We're gonna team up, right? Yeah, definitely. Cool. And uh, I picked white, and um, uh, I think I Cheap. I think I chose blue for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can still call him and change that if you want. Um, no, I've got no problem playing blue and limited. Yes, yeah, sweet. Limited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, you're gonna be playing red in the pre-release. Yep. In the first one, and I'm gonna play. I think I chose blue for myself, for uh, for the solo event. I mean, none of those promo cards that you get with the intro packs really excited me. So none I'm of them. Pretty are... agnostic about what color I'm playing. Yeah, none of them really any good. Well, actually, the um, the blue one seemed good for limited, which is why I wanted to just hopefully because that's the thing you can play it in your deck, right? With this. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I was just like, yeah, probably gonna want to cast that because it seems all right um but yeah we'll be playing this weekend and then we're going to do a probably an episode we'll probably record next week um talking about our pre-release experiences and uh getting primed for uh the pro tour the following weekend so we've got some uh pretty straightforward uh episodes coming up in terms of uh you know having our material planned out for us so is this stuff to look forward to? I hope uh, everyone's enjoyed listening to the podcast so far. It's uh, It's been good to be back. Uh, I know that Steven's been uh, getting some flack on uh, on Twitter for not being Joey. Um, why isn't C-Lab Aqua Teen? No, but... Um, <laughs> uh, no, I know the, the one guy that was like, please bring back the original lineup. I was like, man, that's harsh. <laughs> no, I think... I, Steven, I think you've been doing a great job on the cast. Um, and uh, Yeah, I offered him a refund. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, he didn't mean it that way, but it was just fun. <laughs> it was fun to take it that way. Real quick, if you want to reach us, uh, I'm uh, on Twitter at OMGWTFBHJFTW. Uh, you can reach the podcast um, at YoMTGTaps, um, or you can email us uh yomtgtaps at gmail.com if you want to send any uh 
hate mail or malware, uh, anything of that nature to us. Um, Steven's uh, Twitter is at M00NPI, uh, Moonpie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Steven's on Moto. Uh, it's at M-O-O-N-P-I, so. Yeah, and I'm Big Head Joe on there, although I haven't logged into it since the last time I told you all my name on there. So uh, get at us on there and uh, hope you've enjoyed listening to us. Uh, so until next time. Stop are- bitching. Oh. Yeah. Uh, walked all over it. Bring me the prime minister. Not that quickly. No. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> so uh, uh so thanks for listening yeah, right all of us at umtg taps where x is equal to our devotion to you the listener <laughs> stop bitch and start brewing <laughs> oh So I just wanted to let you guys know um, there is a Kickstarter campaign right now uh, for Taran Games. Um, Oh, man. I totally forgot to mention that Common Ground Games was sponsoring the giveaway. That was part of the giveaway to begin with. (laughs) Oh, my God. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Yo! MTG Taps. I'm Big Head Joe. I'm the, I'm Stephen Marshall. <laughs> Take two, and uh, <laughs> you're like uh, uh, I'm Stephen Marshall. <laughs> me, my name. <laughs> that me? Oh damn it! Terry Funk, Terry Funk, when we talk about the legends of the sport, there's only two in my book. One man is sitting right here on my shirt, and the other man will look me in the eye across the ring, because Terry Funk, you are what the sport is all about. And tonight, right here, in a barbed wire death match, Cactus Jack will show the world that he too is what the sport is all about. Funk, you were my friend. When I needed guidance, I called Terry Funk. When I needed answers, I asked Terry Funk. But when I need to take my place in the sport of professional wrestling with the legends of the business, I show up here and I don't ask Terry Funk anything. I tell him! I say, Terry Funk, no friends anymore! Because tonight, this is my friend. Tonight, fire is my friend. And tonight, danger is the love of my pathetic life. Because funk son, it is only when it's at its most dangerous that I'm truly alive. And people say, Cactus, does that mean you're not afraid of anything? And I say, no. It means I'm afraid of everything. But Terry Funk, can't you see? That's what puts the spark in my eye.
That would put the flash in this smile. Because I've got nothing left to lose. You can't take my teeth. They're already gone. You can't take my ear. Because that's gone too. And Terry Funk, you can't take my heart. Because it's too big for you to carry. So the whole world will stay unnoticed when I leave Terry Funk draped in pieces of flesh across the barbed wire. The whole world will take notice that there's a new king in town. Onita! It makes me laugh. Because where is he? He's not in this gym, no. He took that time and decided to retire. He fought in that million-dollar mind of his. Don't ruin the legend of Onita. Get out before it's too late. So I got a one message for Onita's son. It says, Itsu Demo. Itsu Demo. It means wherever and whatever you want. If you've got the guts, but I know you don't. Because the only man's sick enough. The only man mentally deranged enough to want to risk it all with Cactus Jack. It's my hero. See, I'd match time three. Big Bang! <laughs>